Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hit record on there as well. Check I've got some signal coming in. Yes, I've got a signal. Sorry I'm a bit late. I'm full of cold, of course, because oh. I'm having a week off. So now I'm ill. But I managed to crowbar it in before I get um, on the plane to Poland on Wednesday. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, full of cold, but hopefully uh, I'll have ridden it and be out the other side by the time I'm off to... The only flaw in this whole Christmas show malarkey is that that, um, I have had colds for quite a lot of them in the past. Seems to be my time for a cold mid mid to late December. Well, it's a good time for a cold. It's the law. Ah. Yeah, it's not a good time if you if you're trying to entertain several hundred people uh, on your own. Well, there are uh, there are lots of ways you can entertain several hundred people on your own. I know. I've done them. You don't have to sing. Tony no. Hart managed it with just a few felt-tip pens. No, I don't. Th- I don't think people would pay to see me draw pictures. Do you not think? No. I think they would. I just think you've got a relatively <laughs> limited repertoire. Be a short set. <laughs> Maybe you should try it halfway through the Poland set. Maybe you should. You should just get your little pad out. And now the overhead projector, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I would be like being back at school. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah, that'd be brilliant with you trying to position it on the... Mm. I used to do that for a living at the British Ready Mixed Concrete Association. You did, didn't you? I made those acetates that just said, concrete testing. That was all it said. And then I'd make another one. Did it say, I don't know. I don't know what the other one would say. (laughs) (laughs) You were a one-trick concrete pony, weren't you? I really got well, half a trick, really. Yes, get, get, getting there at all was something of a trick in my case. Yeah, turning up in the morning was You a need trick. some Poscas. Poscas? Poscas, yeah, they're, they're like, they're like the, the pens the kids are all using oh. for drawing. You need some Poscas. Oh, I don't know what they are. Ask, ask vibes about Poscas. Okay, I will. Sounds uh, poskers. Yeah. Poskers. So when do you travel then? It's, is it tomorrow? <sighs> Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> tomorrow is get your roots done uh, and try and rehearse. Uh, today is try and rehearse, talk to you and try and rehearse. That that That's what, what I've got on my list. Right. Today. Um Try and decide what you're going to play. Try and remember how to play it. Uh, plus any other sort of 
creative elements that pop into your mind. And how many times have you done a natural show in Poland? Oh, I did a great one where, where well, I've told you about that. I did one w- once in Warsaw in the summer where I started with the Rufus Wainwright song and never recovered at any point. Um, so there was that one. I did one in Warsaw last December, which was great, which I was hoping to repeat, but because of machinations, uh, I'm not repeating. I'm going to Wudge. Um, I've never played solo in Wudge before. Never played solo in Wudge before. Um, I don't know how many I've done, Anthony. Probably about four or five. Now, you see, there was some method in my madness, you see. And the reason I said that was, why don't you, bear in mind you've got a bit of a cold. Yeah. Right. And you're feeling just a little bit sorry for yourself, and rightly so. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Um, why, don't you, why don't you go with things that you know? Oh, fuck that. All right. Okay, fine. What would be the point? Okay. In if just you... trotting through a load of that. They'd probably love it, but that's not the point. That's not the point. Right. Okay. Well, if you're walking away on Wednesday evening from the show in Poland going, I'm not quite sure he knew all that. I mean, I enjoyed them, but I don't know how well he knew them. I, mm. I did try Poland for you. Mm. Mm. You, you know. did. Uh, and to take, ease the pressure on your good self, obviously. You were the voice of reason. Yes. Unlike last week. And by the way, we can update people, can't we? Yes. What happened? Oh, about my reg plate. About your reg plate. They all know, don't they, now? I think the word kind of went round. The purples know, don't they? Because it's been on the chat. But I don't know about the wider world. Okay, this is a message for the wider world. I got me owl in. But uh, I've now got to wait for the government to issue it, which could take some period of time between two weeks and ten years if the if they're anything like the tax office. Uh, God help us all. I think they're a bit better than the tax office. So uh, hopefully three weeks-ish. Three weeks-ish, right. Be, that'd be Christmas, wouldn't it? be Christmas. I'll mm. get owling. I'm getting owling for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't understand this. You'll be able to, you'll be able to tell me now. So when you, when you get Christmas. your little bit of paper through, because you'll get yeah. something, won't you, or something digital to say that you uh, own that. Yes. But then it has to be somehow... Linked to your car? Yes. Right. No fucking idea, Anthony. Okay, and and then who actually, you know, produces a number plate for you? As I said a minute ago, no fucking idea, Anthony. (laughs) Right, okay. Let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Right, all right, all right. Well, I know a few people. There's there's Barry next door to the studio, uh, and there's my very good friend, David Smith. Um. So Dave, who Vibes used to call Dave and Smith. So he was nice. convinced that Dave like Smith was, and Jones. was two people. <laughs> Is Dave and Smith coming? <laughs> um, so there's my good friend Dave and Smith, who um, he might, I might ask him if he'll do it, because I think he's, he's connected to the, um, the car, car dealing industry. Right. Because I seem to recall, right, because I used to have a caravan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is something that I feel comfortable saying out loud. All right. Well, um, I mean, you yeah. can't hide it when you're dragging it behind a car. Um, it's tricky. 
but they you, they had to when they were, did you, you a number wear a one, mask, <laughs> <laughs> like some some form of highwayman, <laughs> like Bob Mortimer, you know. <laughs> He's not done a train guy for a while, has he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think he has. No. But anyway, back to caravans. I seem yeah. to recall that the caravan people had to jump through hoops to print off the registration plate to go off the, on the back of the caravan. You do. You you do. You need uh, you need uh, you need the registration document of the car to replace a plate. Uh, whether you need ID as well, I don't know. But it is a bit, it is a bit involved in order to stop ne'er do wells sticking any, old, you know, manufacturing their own plates and banging them on cars, which they do anyway, of course. Um, but I think that anybody who's got one of those machines that makes registration plates is is uh, obliged by law to look at registration documents before they make one. So I think what they do, I think what they'll do is they'll send me some kind of document, piece of paper with Alan written on it, which I will then have to assign to my 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 mini, which is currently High Five Geezer. Yes. So High Five Geezer's going in the, um, into the ether. We may hear more of that later. We may hear more of that. It depends whether Anthony's had a blinding flash of light or not. Um, but at some point, not necessarily during this podcast, but soon, you may be hearing more about High Five Geezer. Um, yes, so I've, I've, I've then got to move that somehow. So I'll need the registration document of me mini, and then I'll need whatever they send me with Alan on, and somehow... Maybe they've got a machine that they put them in and, you know, wind a handle. Well, I hope there's a handle. They they wind a handle and the two things merge and come out different. Oh, I hope there's a handle. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. It reduces the two registration documents to atoms that then re-coalesce into a new registration document. Uh, that's probably not what happened. That's not going to, no, no, yeah. that isn't, no. But I do like, thought, I am yeah. quite intrigued by all of this. And I mm. bet at some point you need to, you're going to need to know your VIN as well, aren't you? Hello? Your vehicle <laughs> identification number at some point. Oh, I see. My mind went straight to wine then. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a man who knows his VIN. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we start then? Shall we I was start on properly? the VIN last night. Yes, let's Were start you? properly. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was oh, cheek, your your normal glass. tipple? No, no. But uh, oh my lord, we had. Uh, I don't know if I can go into all this because it might gnaw, gnaws the vegans off. Anyway, at risk of nosing the vegans off. I'm, I'm with you. I'll support you on nosing the vegans off if you oh, like. Okay. Well, well, we went to um, we went to Boycott Farm which is up near Stowe School. Um, um, And they have a farm shop of some repute. And we went there in case my girl could order ducks. I think she was ordering ducks because the Danes have duck at Christmas and all of that malarkey. So she was off to order a duck in a truck. And um, during the ordering of the ducks, uh, she said, what do you want for tea? And I was, of course, I was looking at this this meat counter at that point. So I said, let's have fillet steak, darling. 
So she said, well, you buy it. I said, oh, God, the responsibility. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> anyway, by then she'd gone. She was looking at apple crumbles or something. So I bought the, um, I bought the fillet steak, which was uh, from their own Aberdeen Angus cattle on the farm. So, um, you know, straight from the, uh, straight from the cow, as it were, via a sudden death, of course, uh, to the um, to the butcher's counter, and uh, he he sliced me three bits of fillet steak, and my girl cooked them last night, and it was the best steak I've ever had in my life. Period. But being as being as we were having that, so Boycott Farm, if you want the best steak you've ever had in your life. Go to Boycott Farm next to Stowe School. Unless you live in Heckman Dwight, it might be a bit of a drive. But if yeah. if you're in the Buckingham area, if you're in the Buckingham area or environs thereof, uh, you can go there. Um, and um, oh, so but, and, and I'd just like to put in a word for Bernie Marsden, God rest his soul, who uh, lived lived just down the road from there. Um, where was I? Yes, so because... Did you know Bernie, just out of interest? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Not, you know, not buzzing buddies down the pub no. or anything, but I, I'd run into him a load of time. He, he was an easy man to get to know. He was very, very affable. and He was a lovely person. And, mm. he would, you know, he'd, he'd, chat. he'd chat. Even to the likes of me, he would stop and talk. Well, he chatted um, to the likes of me as well. I met him at the guitar show a couple of years ago, and he was very, very pleasant. Yeah, he's lovely. He mm. was one of those people who just... Equally at ease with uh, what do they say, paupers and kings? I think mm. I think he'd have made no distinction between chatting to the bin man and King Charles. He would have been equally at ease. He, he was one of them. I'd like to feel I'm one of them. Yeah, well, yes, I think Bernie. To be fair to him, when he was settled in a chair, he didn't move at great pace anyway. So you, <laughs> you know, I think that's why he probably nailed chat because once he got comfortable, yes. Well, he was. Well, he wasn't. Uh, you didn't look him up and down and think, "Now there's a rock hero." <laughs> no, 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 or even a heptathlete. <laughs> but he was. It's funny, isn't it? How um, you know people don't always look like what they are. Well, I mean, he wrote some banging of tunes from. I mean, it was White Snake, wasn't he? Yeah. Did he um, write that stuff? He, he wrote a lot of that early stuff. A lot of those things that were hits. Well, that would explain why I lived in a big house. Yes. I think he'd have done well with royalty checks. Mm. I think they'll have come in slightly bigger envelopes maybe than yours do. What was I saying? Anyway, Boycott Farm. Yes. Do a very nice Aberdeen Angus steak if you can get your head around eating dead things, which I know some people can't, and I respect that. Um, And there we are. Um, So because of that... I'm still getting back to the VIN. No, no, I know. And technically, by the way, a carrot's alive until you take it out of the ground. But anyway, carry on. That's true. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Um, but um, You and I wear T-shirts with carrots on them. It's a podcast title. <laughs> a carrot's alive till you take it out of the ground. And by the way... By the way. Carrot, and by the way, a carrot's alive till you take it out of the ground. You bastard, <laughs> it should say. Um, so, yes. So, as I was saying, um, steak. So, we thought, well, being as we're having steak, perhaps we could have a nice glass of red. 
just you know we don't we're not in the habit of doing that. But I had got a bottle of uh, Chateauneuf de Pape in the log. I've got a log with holes in it and bottles of wine. And there was a bottle of Chateauneuf de Pape in the log. I can't remember where I got it, but I remember it was a. It was one of those. Oh, should I have that? Rather expensive, but perhaps just for a special occasion. So it was. It wasn't a cheap one. You can get cheaper Chateauneuf de Pape's. But this wasn't a cheapish one. It was a, wasn't a silly, silly money one. But it, it, you probably wouldn't have had much change out of forty quid for it. And it was extremely nice as well. So I was on the VIN last mm. night. That's all. That's all. I'm glad we cleared that up in just a few words. So fifteen minutes. <laughs> fifteen minutes. Basically, the two questions we've answered are: Yes, you got your number plate, and yes, yes. you had a glass of wine last night. Exactly. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, via, the world's first eight-hour TCD episode. Via Boycott Farms, Steaks and Bernie Marsden, yes. Mm. Mm. And, and and yes, indeed, uh, you know, sleep tight, Bernie. Uh, nice fella, nice fella. Yes, lovely. Um, Shall we start then? Yes. Right. He's, he's at the great gig in the sky, isn't he? He is at the great gig in the sky, yes. Yes. On the, on the subject of that and on the subject of guitar players, who's the best guitar live guitar player you've ever seen? The best live guitar player mm. I've ever... What, where I've just stood and gone, holy shit. Mm. Uh, I've not been to see a lot, really, to be honest. Um, I'm not someone who, who queues up to see guitarists. Steve Rothery's one of the best guitarists. Well, I've indeed, ever seen. I, I, I felt like I should accept Robbers <laughs> from this. Particular. I get to see him quite often for free, um, and uh, occasionally he does things that, that, that you, where you do just want to sit down and go shut the fridge. Um, but um, I mean, I, I saw an amazing guitar. I don't know if I'm answering your question. But one of the best guitarists I've ever seen was Jan Ackerman from Focus. Mm. But having said that, he wasn't very good live. He was usually hammered. Um, and I, th- I think certainly at that point in his career, he was uh, he was drinking too much. And I saw them a few times at Sheffield City Hall. And he was always a bit patchy. But I saw him on the old grey whistle test on the telly. Um and he was amazing on the old grey whistle test. He was a serious guitarist. But I never got to see... I've never seen Clapton. I've never seen... Uh, i tell you who's very good, who I have seen, who perhaps people don't normally... wouldn't wouldn't be like their, their go-to guitar hero person. There's two, actually. There's um, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. Ah, from Squeeze. He's a phenomenal guitarist. Um, he's not just a... A pretty face and a great lyricist. Well, he's not a pretty face anymore. He's got old, but um, he'd probably be the first to agree. Um, but um, lovely person, brilliant guitarist. And Neil Fenn from Crowded House mm. is an extremely good guitar player, mm. but doesn't wear it like a badge, you know, just great taste. And I've heard Rothers sing his praises. He's He said, that guy's a great player. Um, so not really the, you know, the go-to, I've never seen Jeff Beck, 
Um, although I think it's it was fairly universally acknowledged that he was the man, hmm. um, and that you can forget all the others really. I mean, it was Jeff, and then it was everybody else. You know, once once Jimi Hendrix was dead, it was Jeff. Um, Clapton's amazing, but he was not Jeff Beck. Um, he's more, you know, he, I guess Eric Clapton's more of a one-trick pony, isn't he? He just plays. He the, does the blues. one thing well, doesn't he? He plays the blues uh, extremely well, with great sensitivity and all of that. But but Jeff was, um, you know, he, he was he was an experimentalist as, as well. You know, he, he'd got he was all over the shop. Um, but I never saw him live. Never saw. I've never seen Eric Clapton. Never saw Hendrix. Um, so I never saw any of those. Oh, Richie Blackmore was very good. To be fair, when I saw Deep Purple on the Machine Head tour when I was seventeen, and he was phenomenal. He was really phenomenal, and a bit different as well. You know, he not just not just a blues player. He would play. He would throw in little, little mel- play. He was a bit playful. He would throw in little melodies, and he had that that he threw in the middle of um, lazy, in in the middle of that he threw that in. So he would throw things in, and everybody would go, "What the fuck?" And um, but a nightmare to live with, by all accounts. Not that I I should be casting any nasturtiums. No. Because I've never met him. No, no. Well, there we are then. Just thought, the question just came to me as we were talking about Bernie. <laughs> yeah, well, the short answer is probably Richie Blackmore, really, in, in terms of the... In terms of who you've seen. The greats that I've actually seen who were great while I was seeing them. Mm. That's a solid but, answer, though, isn't it? I think I've I think I've got all the bases covered. Yeah, I think so. My idea of a great guitarist is not necessarily the world's idea of a great guitarist. I mean, David Rhodes, uh, Peter Gabriel's yeah. oh, guitarist, uh, yes. is phenomenal. And as you know, his his guitar work on "Life's What You Make It" where talk talk is just nobody's doing that. No, it's phenomenal. So my idea of a great guitarist is is those kind of cats, the people who who do things that. No one else is doing. Um, I've never seen John McLaughlin, even though he, he was born in Kirk Sandal in the arse end of Doncaster and now calls himself the Mahavishnu or whatever he calls himself. Um, it's a bit of a laugh. But then I suppose you can you can decide you're Buddha if you're born in Barnsley, can't you? You can still decide you are. I, I don't think there's any reason why you, you can't. I don't think, you know, being from Barnsley... Well, you're a long way from, from, a long that, way from India, but there we are. Well, only only physically and geographically. Yes. Not spiritually. Do you know what Mariana said to me the other day? Mariana from uh, I Am The Morning in an Indian restaurant the, last week <laughs> said to me, <laughs> she said... <laughs> Fuck me, this is hot. You are a bugger, Anthony. Um, no, she didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> you pornographer. I'll have Christine um, on at me again. 
she said, she said, how does it feel to be viewed as a deity by so many people? Which made me just go, what the fuck? Because mm. um, A, I didn't know that that was on the cards. As, as a, B, I don't know what gave her that impression. And C, I don't know how I don't know how you'd even answer the question. So uh, I think at that point I said, "Would you like another pop of dum?" <laughs> and that was about it. Let me let me pass you the pickle tray. <laughs> Title for L- Lime pickle. <coughs> um, I know what Anthony would have said. He'd have said something really rude. That's outrageous. But, but I didn't. Outrageous! It's only when ever when I'm on calls with you. Um, wow. j- just, just uh, before we start, Prince for me, by the way. Oh yeah, well, I never saw him, but uh, yeah, I, c- I could concur that he was quite something. He he was a bit special. And would you believe all the people who did their thing really well, and I don't think anybody else could do it. And I did see him play with Cliff actually. Hank Marvin, really, all really right. great. Did not all drop right. a note in two and a half hours. In fact, I saw Cliff in the Shadows when they reformed, like. You know, I don't know, it's probably about 10, 15 years ago now, but they were all knocking on a bit. And mm. and they came out, the five of them, and they, yeah, relatively simple stuff, I grant you, but they were really good. Yeah. Really well, Mark Knopfler always said that Hank Marvin was where he started. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's lot, complicated, but I think, I think getting somebody to play shadow stuff that isn't Hank is actually quite difficult. Yeah, I bet. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, 188, was it? It is this week. Right. It was it it was it wasn't last week. No, but it is now. Me, but, but it is now. Right, okay. Hello and welcome to <laughs> chapter 188 <laughs> of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> Which you started about 20 minutes after we yeah. said no more of this. No Let's more just of this. Get straight on. Well, I was just about to say we're about ready for diary. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we were going to talk about our friends from the orchestra, but we're not. But there's a reason why we're not. Oh, right. right. Because I've got a sneaking suspicion you're about to read the last entry of Diary today. Yes. I am. So I thought we ought to actually talk about... We've been we've done 180 episodes and we've not actually talked about the Diary. Right. I don't think we have anyway. Well... If we have, it was so long ago that everybody's forgotten. Forgotten and we can do it again. That's a yeah, good point, it, you know. I wonder if we us. could start putting the episodes from about 10 onwards out again and have a couple of years off. Just put big numbers on them. Just put big <laughs> chapters on them. I'll record all the chapters again. <laughs> Give them a different name. Yeah. We ain't getting away with that, are we? Well, there'll be some pedantic bastard out there that'll point it out. <laughs> well, everybody now. Yeah. Um, so come on, the diary then, the diary, right? The diary. I, I want to know yeah. a little bit about, we know the story about your dad and your dad yeah. saying you ought to write some of this shit down. That was how it started. It started with the, the Iceland and the helicopter yeah. and the top of the glacier and all of that and me just happening to mention it and coming home and getting in a Range Rover and going to Wales to do the Radio 1 road show and... Just happening to say to my dad, he said, "Where have you been?" I went, "Oh, blah 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 blah." And he went, "Right, you know, <laughs> you should you should keep a diary, son." So that was that. That's how it started, and um, I don't know how 
it it very quickly turned into an albatross around my neck because being the kind of person I am, as you as you'll know, having having chatted to me all these years now, I'm incapable of going. Got up, cleaned my teeth, went to such and such, had a lovely day in rehearsal. Um, so and so is looking well. Um, you know, came home, had half a lager, went to bed. I'm incapable. I'm 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 more of a like. Got up, and as I was cleaning my teeth, do you know what occurred to me? Uh, I remember the time, blah, blah, blah. And so it became an albatross because every, even the shortest and most, you know, bland days, um, I'd, I'd go off on five pages of writing. And by the time I'd written it all down, I'd used up whatever free time I, I had in that day. And because I tend to be pretty busy, because um, I'm just, I just am. I've always got shit to do, and I've always got boxes to tick. Uh, I've got quite a few today. You know, as soon as we stop talking, I'll have to um, get rehearsing for for Poland, and I've got to get my ducks in a row to go away again. And so. And then there's all the domestic stuff, you know. When are we going to put the Christmas tree up? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, everything's tinging and pinging now. Um, so because of the, my life being fairly frantic uh, and, and having been so for so long, crowbarring um, 45, an hour, an hour and a half, an hour and a half's uh, of writing into a day, kind of that's it then. That's the time that I could have actually heaved a sigh and stared into space for or watched Die Hard or whatever. Um, and then, you know, didn't and couldn't because I was writing the diary. So it became a bit of an albatross, which I guess is why I've stopped doing it. I still do scribble a few things down. <laughs> and when we did that last tour, the one we've just done, I thought, I'll do the diary for this tour. And I think I've still got it somewhere on the desktop of my... Um... Here it is. Here it is. Woke around half six and determinedly catnapped and, and meditated my way towards 8am when I got up. Lynetta volunteered to make the coffee after I, I realised I had 20 or so birthday cards to write and address. Devenda picked me up at 11am. That's it. That's all I wrote for the tour. <laughs> so you went all around Europe. You played Utrecht twice. You played Paris. You played the Roundhouse for the first time. Not a fucking word. You were... You- you were asked how you cope with being a deity in a curry house. <laughs> All of the above. That's All of what the I, above. That was the diary for the last tour. Hmm. So, and that doesn't mean I didn't have time to write anything else because I did. But sometimes, when I had time, all I wanted to do was nothing, you know, or sit in a calf and just veg out. Um, Does TCD actually fulfil some of that though now? Because we do end up talking a lot about what's going on in your life at that point in time. And and, and as this morning's 
as case in point, we do tend to take 15 minutes to get to you at a glass of wine. <laughs> I think TCD is a, it, yeah, gets a lot of that out. And probably by definition, sort of makes writing it down a little bit redundant, yeah. perhaps. Maybe what we need is, is to get some kind of AI machine to transcribe everything I've said from TCD across the three or four years, and I'll put it out as a book. Um, God, that would make some interesting and, and yet dull reading, wouldn't it? <laughs> Five pages of saying hello. <laughs> yeah, some of, some of this doesn't need transcribing. <laughs> Some of it, some of it needs binning so we can deny it forever. Yeah, yeah. I am a little concerned about the fact it's all still available. <laughs> yeah, especially what you just said about Mariana. Well, yes, yes. Yes, I'm already concerned about that. God, God bless her. She's a so lovely when you, girl. When you, the bit we haven't talked about, and I think I know what you're going to say, but. At some point, it has to go from scrawl to being prepared for publish. Mm. That must have been a job. It was a job. Um, Because in the early days, you know, when when did I start on it all? Probably in the 90s, was it? Might have been 1990 that I started writing it, or 91. Holidays was was around then, wasn't it? It was all written in uh, pen and ink, in, in diaries. So it wasn't digitised, it was all written out. And, um, and so just the process of copying all that down into, um, in, you know, into a computer so that it would exist digitally um, took a while. And then at some point I went over from writing it in little books. I mean, I've still got all the books on the shelf in the next room. Um, but I, I, I then went to. I actually owned a, 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 you know, an early version of a laptop, those big chunky grey MacBook Pros. I bought one of those and I started writing it in that, um, which uh, was always fraught with trouble because it probably it tended to crash halfway through and you'd lose it all. Um, but um, it went over to the digital domain, and then bit by bit, when I when I decided to publish it, I was approached by this guy called Robert Hammond, who I haven't heard from for a very long time. I don't think they're publishers anymore, but they had this company called Milk M I W K, which apparently they named it because it sounded like somebody saying milk with a speech impediment. I shouldn't laugh oh. at that. <laughs> you could you could see how we came together, um, and and he wanted to. He said, "You know, I'm, I want to publish your di- your um, your. In fact, I'm looking at an envelope across the room that says Robert Hammond, sixty four Farncombe Street, Godalming, Surrey. So there he is. Uh, he must have been in Godalming." Um, and um he approached me and and said we'd like to we'd like to publish your diaries do you want to do it and and so i said yeah sure and we sort of got stuck into it together and i think he might have digitized some of it i think i might have 
bunged them in the post to him. Because um, the, the thought of doing it all myself, you know, copying it all out at that point in my life was I, I didn't have the time. So he helped. Um, and he had a partner whose name I forget. And he lived in, where did I go? I think I went to Surbiton or somewhere like that. Um, the day they all came in, um, I went to his house in Surbiton and sat there and signed them all, which took all day long because there were hundreds of them. And I sat and signed them. And then they did, you know, signed copies. They were all hardbacks. Um, and I still have a copy of the... I think I've only got one copy of... Of the hardbacks, so I should have been a bit, bit more together, and had four or five. Well, I think I did have four or five of each, but gave them away to mm. various. I think I gave gave a pair to Sophie and a pair to Niall and a pair to various sisters and whatnot. So I now only have one left. It's a bit dog-eared because I've carried it around. Um. Yes, ask me a question. Sorry, I was I was just, no, I was no, away, I, wasn't I? Before it, you had a chance to ask. No, it was. You've kind of answered it, and I guess you did. Was it always going to be two volumes? No, no, it was. It was. Um, I never knew what it would be, and I never knew how long it was either until we got it all digitized, and and even then, you look at it all and think, well. How much, you know, how many pages of what will this yeah. fit on? And I guess that's expertise that publishers have that singers don't have. The other thing I really struggle with is um, how long it'll take to read out. You know, because I sometimes I've read it out obviously on on uh, the Corona Diaries. Thank you, Lucy. Um, and I've read it out live. At, shows when I've done Nature Natural shows and I think, oh, I'll read that bit. You know, and I'll it'll be three pages and it'll take damn nearly 20 minutes to yeah. read out. Yeah. So it always takes a lot longer to read out than it looks like it will. I find that very hard to um, predict. Um, so I'm I'm not good at at all that. I, I can look at a lot of print and not know how many pages it'll take up for a kickoff, you know, at a reasonable sized font. Uh, and I also can't tell how long it'll take to read it all out. Uh, and I get that famously wrong from time to time. I, I've I've tried to read out that day that you know the Cat Stevens and the and the Jumbo Jet trying to get to Mexico City day. And I, I I only get halfway through that ever at podcast, uh, uh, not at podcast, but at H Natural shows, because it takes so long. You know, it's much longer than I realise, and I'd have to sit there for twenty minutes. I think we there's been a couple of excerpts we've split a day over two readings. We've had a mm. few of those episodes where we've started up, done a bit of diary, had a chat, done a bit of diary, and finished one day. So that might have been. 30 minutes of you reading. Yeah, which kind of brings me back to my previous point, is that it became a bit of an albatross because it would take me so long to write it down sometimes that I'd use up a great chunk of, you know, all the spare time I might have had. When you're on the road, 
you're either, you know, on a shelf asleep on a bus or, or you're in a hotel room or you're sound checking or you're uh, asleep again or you're doing a, you're actually playing a concert. Out of, out of that 24-hour period, you probably have a couple of hours to yourself and that becomes almost sacred to you because um, you need it. You need a bit of quiet time and alone time. You don't you don't want to spend that socialising, actually. You just want a bit of, please leave me alone now for two hours. Um, and when, when you spend that right in the diary, that's it. The, the, there's none of that. There's just this feeling of never stopping working because as David Niven once said, work is anything you're obliged to do. And so having felt obliged to write the diary, that became work by mm. definition. And I never stopped. No. And sometimes you just need not only to do nothing, but you need you need your brain needs to recognise the fact that this is you doing nothing and, and, and feel good about it. You know. If you had to do nothing, if you were obliged to do nothing, that'd feel like work as well. Um <laughs> so you, you got but what's worked out really well with the diary is it became a thing in of itself. So it's so it's a it's an experience that you know you sit down and you engage and you read. It became something that then was was part of a natural show. Yeah, and to be fair, it's it's been the spine to you know to TCD all the way through. Well, it's what TCD's named after, mm. in fact, isn't it? Um... When you first approached me and said, do any of you guys do a podcast? And I said, what's a podcast? I thought it had something to do with fishing for peas. Um, and, that was and you terrible. Ex- that was terrible. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> you, you fishing for peas. Might make a good episode title, though, to be fair. <laughs> fishing for peas. <laughs> um yeah, and from that moment, you said, and I said, "Well, what's a podcast?" And you said, "Well, it's just two people talking." And I said, "Right, I'm in." Um, you know, from that day, I said, "Oh, it'd be great if I could read from the diary each each um, day." Because part of me was cynically thinking, if I could do that, because I've often been asked for, you know, could he put it out as an audio book? And, and you know, and thought one was yeah, sure, and then thought two was how long will that take mm. me to read out? Which, by the way, we can nearly answer that question, can't we? Now, <laughs> I mean, I mean, fifteen minutes an episode for one hundred eighty-eight episodes—that's how long it'll take you. That—that's how long it, it took, and and so to pondering doing that was unthinkable. I thought it'll take me—it'll take me half the rest of my life to read this out. So this has been a good way of of do of getting through it, and now I'm at the end. I can, if I get a minute, I can I can think about collating all of these together into probably two, maybe more than two, but but two uh, two or more episodes of audio book. Mm. I mean, how much? I don't. That's another question. How? How? That's Fifty hours, got to be. How? How much can a person cope with listening to? Um, You're asking the wrong man. 
Well, you've done very well. <laughs> I know, I know. <coughs> oh, I've, got, but, I've got a bit of a cough, Anthony. <laughs> I know, but I've got a whole load of, 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 you know, drugs I'm reliant on now that I didn't have three years ago. That's the spirit. <laughs> Should we go for that last bit of diary then? Yes, I think it's property, isn't it? It is, I think. I think I, think I had a bad neck. I had to go and get massaged at the crack of dawn. Um, what's she called, Dawn? Anyway, let's leave that there. Here it comes. Saturday, 9th of August. Cropperty Festival, UK. Shortly after Lorelei, I developed a strange pain in my left arm. No, not a heart attack but an inflamed nerve in my neck. I went to the doctor, who said the recovery time was six to eight weeks. Bloody hell, two months. I had a kind of sleeve of pain, like a dead leg in my left arm. It got worse when I lay on either shoulder at night. I sleep on my side, so it made sleeping very uncomfortable. Not sure where it all came from but I think it might have been a load of muscle spasm brought on by walking around and playing shows with this knee problem for a few weeks. I managed to find a good physiotherapist in Banbury just before Cropperty, but she could only fit me in on the show day at 7.30 in the morning. And so, I was up at 6.30 to get over to Banbury by 7.30 for an hour on the table being tractioned, pulled, pushed and stretched. Returned home feeling slightly better to pick up Phil, who had stayed over last night. Sound check was set for 9am. I drove to Cropperty and Phil followed in his car. At some point he vanished from my rearview mirror, so I waited for him for a few minutes before turning round and going back to look for him. He'd vanished. Tried calling him, but he didn't answer. I thought he might have crashed. In the end, I called Frenchie at the festival site to let him know I had lost Phil. Frenchie said, he's standing next to me. I turned round again and made my way there. We'd been given a decent amount of time to sound check, and the backstage atmosphere was relaxed and good-natured. I could tell that this is all passed down from Fairport Convention themselves. It's their gig and they employ everyone and therefore are ultimately responsible for the easy temperature of things. Sound checks seemed to go well and everything seemed to be working fine. Grabbed a bit of breakfast in catering and said hello to Dave Pegg and Simon Nicholl as they passed. Returned home and got back around midday. I was a bit weary after the dawn departure so I went back to bed for an hour. Lynetta and Young Vibes went on ahead to Cropperty to groove around and enjoy the festival. My old mate Dave Crawshaw arrived around two from Sheffield and we decided that it would be a good idea if he drive me to Cropperty in his car as I was unlikely to be sober after the show. In all the distraction of this plan, I left the Mini outside the house. This is not a good idea on a Saturday, as we have cricket on the village green and there's always a chance of a cricket ball bouncing off your car. Got back to the festival with Dave around four and dropped my bags. Was interviewed by the lovely Bob Harris for the BBC 
and said hello to his equally lovely wife, Trudy. Was further interviewed by local press while Little Vibes sat on my knee. I think he was missing the attention and not used to me getting it all. That's not the way it should be when you're six. By the time they'd done with me, it was time to get ready. We were on at 6pm. Got changed in our tent and hit the stage feeling pretty good. We were hoping the rain would miss us, although it was forecast for late afternoon. It did rain around the midpoint of the set, but didn't last long and had fined up again before the end. I really enjoyed the show. I thought the band played well and I felt comfortable singing to the 20,000 sold out crowd. It was one of my all-time best festival memories and lived up to the fabulous Quebec Festival d'été earlier in the year. Bigger by a factor of four though and with much greater potential of picking up new fans. Got a text from Fenella, one of the locals, who'd never seen us before, which said, quote, was blown away by your performance. You absolutely stole the show this weekend, unquote. Let's hope a good proportion of the crowd felt the same way. Afterwards, we'd agreed to do an autograph session, so we were hurried to a trestle table where I endured the pain in my left arm for a further long hour. The line seemed unending and the onset of darkness had made the air chilly. It's always good to meet the fans, but tonight I was tired and hurting and it was a relief when the end of the line finally came into view and everyone had what they wanted. Dave drove me home and I poured him a malt whisky while Lynetta and I relaxed and talked about the afternoon we'd had. The Mini was still parked outside complete with cricket ball-shaped dent in the front wing. Postscript Well, I guess that concludes the book. At the time of signing this off to the publishers, I'm sitting on the sofa in the control room of our studio, The Racket Club. The band have been jamming new ideas for the next album, and interesting music is being born. I'm also occasionally performing solo this autumn, and I spoke and sang at Blenheim Palace Literary Festival last Saturday. The arm's better, and the knee has been operated upon with, so far, great results. Stay tuned for the next volume. You might have to wait a decade or so for it. Love and Handstands, H. Yep, I'm back in, and I'm and I'm going to let you say. <gasps> well, you could say it for once. All right. <clears throat> Got a bit of a cough, and we're back. Oh, I've lost a job. That was really good, actually. You wouldn't want to hear it every week. No, but you did it. Like if I'm doing it more, Edith Evans handbag, and you just kind of went in with handbag. Yeah, I went more Leslie. What's his face? Didn't I? Hello. Ding dong. Phillips. <laughs> Leslie Lightbulb. <laughs> um, we were just, we've just been cross-checking diaries. <laughs> yes, um, we have. Because we, we broke cover with a few ideas last week. And uh, first and foremost, the whole Christmas card idea went down very well. It did. It did. Whether I can do that this Christmas, I just don't think no, I that, can. No, I was thinking more for next Christmas. I'll never get that together. But no, but but we'll work out a logistic of crossing over at some point 
at the early part of next year, from birthday cards to Christmas cards. Um, but if you've not ever had a birthday card, you will get one. That's fine. Yeah. You will definitely get at least one. So that's You'll fine. still get one. You'll Don't worry. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the subject of that, I've never had one, but then I've never sent you my address. No, I don't blame you. You don't meet no. turning up on your bloody doorstep. No. You're random. There is method in my madness. <laughs> Chatting your misses we... up and like rock stars do. The, the other thing we talked about was doing a couple of... Um... Running off with your children. Um, oh, you sorry, can have Andrew. either of the kids. <laughs> sorry. Go on, go on, go on. Go on. Um, <laughs> we, did, we said we'd talk about a couple of uh, purple guest Q&As. Where we invite uh, patrons to put forward uh, questions, and we'll get them on a Zoom call, and you can ask your questions live. And we've just mm. we've just looked at diaries, and we've got dates for that. I'm going to put something on Patreon anyway, so it'll don't you don't need to remember this. But if you do remember it, we're going to do the first one on the 12th of December at 7:30 p.m., and the second one, which will be the Christmas themed one, mm. will be on the 21st of December. So that close to Christmas mm. at 8 p.m. You've got to um, dress, dress up to listen to that one. You do. And we might well, even live stream the Christmas one. If I can find a way of live streaming it for the rest of the Purples, we might even do that as well. That could be nice, couldn't it? Uh, on the 21st. You'd have we to could, come in Christmas. Pull a cracker. And, yeah, pull a cracker. And you have to, yeah, plenty plenty of mulled something. So those two dates again, 12th of December, 7.30. That'll be the first of the Purple Q&As. You can come on, put a question forward. You can ask your question to H directly. And then the second one, 21st, Christmas Q&A special. Again, you can ask your question directly to H, um, and we may well live stream that one. But I'll put something on Patreon for all the purples so you've got those dates and you understand what you need to do. Start thinking about your questions, and then you'll be finding out, I guess, probably over the weekend if you're successful for the first one. Mm. Look at that. I look forward to meeting you in the ether. In the ether. In the ether. Right, well, you better go and pack then, haven't you? You've got poles to keep happy. <laughs> I am. I can't. I can't be rattling on here, Anthony, about this, that, and the other when when I should be rehearsing whatever the poles want to hear. I've got to. I've got to do. I'm going to do Silent Night in Polish again, which is uh, that's that's always a challenge. Um, but I'll have it all written out phonetically. And Ooh. also, of course, once I start, they all join in and take over, which is a great relief. And then I can just go, and nobody notices. So I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to I'm going to try and do some other stuff that I've never done before, obs, um, to see if I can have that in shape for Oxford. Um, so we shall see. Lovely. Right, well, I'm going to let you go. Um, right, you hope. Thank you very much. It's one of those, isn't it? It's the last diary episode. What are we going to do next time round? Yes, duck in the truck. Yes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Child's Christmas in Wales. I've done that, haven't I? Oh, um, many times. <laughs> I won't lie to you. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon. We'll, we'll work something out. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.